So I'm going to get into the intro now. All right. Get it. Thank you for listening to Hip Squared. I'm your co-host, John Beecham. And I'm Troy Kramer. This is American Fantastic's pop culture podcast, celebrating everything from the mainstream to the independent, weird, old, and local. Troy, how's it going? Uh, it's been going better, but just staying busy. Staying busy? Yeah. yeah. You got uh, over that cold that was dragging you down? Yeah, that's definitely the reason that we didn't record the podcast <laughs> last week. There is no other possible no, reason that it could have been. Well, my wife had a congested womb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh no we actually my wife and i my wife kelly and i had our first child yeah uh, her name is gaia mom and baby are very healthy uh but the reason i wasn't at troy's to record last tuesday is because i was at a clark memorial hospital in indiana kind of uh getting into the first hours of fatherhood so. <laughs> yeah so i was like all right i guess we can use that excuse once uh this one time so we're back but we're back we're back the next week Exactly. Uh, pretty quick uh, turnaround time. Yeah, so um, we are excited that you guys are uh, back here listening with us today. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about, um, well, this is actually something that Kelly and I entertained ourselves with in the hospital for a little while. We brought a um, a Bluetooth speaker because mm-hmm. labors are supposed to be extremely long, and we thought, like, you know, listen to some calming music that will kind of keep the, the vibe really mellow. Okay, okay. Um, but... Gaia just kind of shot out Kelly in like just the course of a couple hours. We really were very lucky with that. Um, but while Kelly was recovering, we listened to um, a radio drama. Ooh, a new radio drama. It's called "A Night Called Tomorrow," and it is on Hal FM. So what Hal FM is? It's kind of like a podcast equivalent to Netflix. So there are some okay. free programs that you can listen to, like the Comedy Bang Bang podcast is released on How, and so is uh, Mark Maron's WTF. So it's like it's like Netflix if Netflix was free. Yeah, it would be like Netflix <laughs> if there were some free shows and some shows that you paid for, basically. Okay. And um, but it's really cheap. It's three ninety nine a month. Awesome. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's and it's just basically to support the cost of the audio production that they okay. do. Okay. And um, but what a night called tomorrow is it's a nineteen fifties sci fi noir. Okay. So it's kind of in that style. It's got the really neat, like, saxophone music in the background. and um, The guy sounds like he's been smoking 20 packs a day for yeah, the last 50 years. Exactly. And it's got, it's the setting is Hollywood in 1958. So okay. it's kind of like the glitz and the glamour on the surface, but then the deep, dark underbelly and all these hidden secrets hmm. underneath. Um, and what's really appealing about it is the, um, what's basically about this Hollywood reporter and he um he's like one of those guys that flies you down on the red carpet and speaks to you oh okay yeah. yeah and on new year's eve he has a chance encounter with this young woman um and then they go to a ho- a party that night with like kind of like hollywood insiders mm-hmm. and for them it's just kind of like um it's how they meet and it's like how like they're they kind of start with its budding romance oh, okay and um but at the party they like at, in the aftermath there's this there's this big explosion like not at the party but like in the vicinity that they can detect. Mm-hmm. And then later on, they see what they think is, like, somebody basically being murdered. And oh. they go and follow follow them, and that leads them into this, like, um, kind of, like, labyrinthine sort of mystery. Oh, okay. But, um, but there's all these, like, it sounds kind of, like, cut and dry on the surface when I describe it that way. But there's a lot of, um, 
there's a little bit of sci-fi yeah in there. i know you mentioned sci-fi early on it's like not hearing anything that's really <laughs> sci-fi yet but well, i'm getting the noir feel definitely, exactly. definitely definitely there's kind of like this post well not post-apocalyptic it's pre-apocalyptic what's it has oh, okay. different for you but hmm. it's a cold war so everybody's kind of preparing for the end of the world oh okay. and so there's this like secret hollywood group that basically is oh. um preparing for the end times but it's kind of like one of those, like, um, like once you know about them, like, it's not a choice whether you belong kind of thing. Oh, okay. And so, uh, <laughs> but there's, like, it's it's really well done. It's, the writing is extremely sharp. Um, James Urbaniak, who wrote for Venture Brothers, uh, oh. which is a really excellent animated cartoon with a lot of, like, edgy humor and um, fun and smart and, like, definitely more of the superhero sci-fi kind of realm of things. He's uh, one of the writers, and then the other writer is a woman named Brie, Lar- uh, Brie Williams. Okay. So it's got a, it's got some good writers, and the other thing that's kind of unique about it is a lot of the voice acting is done um, by comedians. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, Scott Ackerman, he does the Comedy Bang Bang TV show and the Comedy okay. Bang Bang podcast, but he's really hooked into the uh, L.A. comedy scene. Okay. And so, like, Andy Richter, who okay. is a Conan sidekick, is one of the voices. Right. Um, Weird Al appears um oh so it is a decent it is yeah, a star-studded cast it is a star-studded cast especially for podcasts and um lauren lapkus if, you, if anybody listens to the comedy bang bang podcast or she has a, her own podcast on how she's a young woman that can do all kinds of great character voices so she is a part of it too and it's just um from start to finish really well done really highly produced um if you haven't heard of it yet you're kind of in luck because the episodes each are only about 10 minutes long Okay. And the original production, they were only released once a week. Oh, so okay. So get... so you can binge your Netflix now or binge your Hal, uh, Hal FM. Exactly. So I think when all is said and done, it'll probably be about the length of a movie. Okay. Um, Like maybe about an hour and a half or a little under that. Mm-hmm. So you could listen to start to, from start to finish like that. And um, basically each 10-minute episode would be kind of like a chapter of that. Okay. But uh, it's just so well done. There's music in it. There's excellent voice acting. There's great writing. And, like, kind of, like, the social and political themes, like, a lot of, like, paranoia about, um, like, the end of the world. Okay, right, kind of like right. A... <laughs> so so are they, like, staying in bunk? Do they have, like, a bunker plan, yeah. like, planned out and all that? They do have a bunker plan. They, it's kind of like... um. I don't want to spoil too much for people, but okay. it's, it is kind of like there's yeah there's a bunker. There's also kind of like that whole secret society mentality. Okay. So for people that are kind of like into Illuminati theories <laughs> or like the Bilderberg Group, it's kind of like something that would be akin to that. Okay, and we're we're outsiders looking in, exactly. so we're hearing whispers of this throughout exactly the, throughout the whole show. I and guess. um and the main characters are the people that kind of like because they're tangentially connected to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. they see something that they shouldn't have seen that kind of pulls them into this world. Oh, okay. So it's really it's really neat. And, the, and kind of like, um, it almost reminds me a little bit of Bioshock Infinite, kind of like, okay. as far as like this idea of what you would, seems like on the surface could be a utopia. Mm-hmm. But then when you get beneath the surface, you realize <laughs> it's just like really messed up, and <laughs> kind of dark and disturbing. All the things required for a utopia. Um, yeah. and looks beautiful. Yeah, looks beautiful on the outside, and then once you see like what the utopia actually looks mm-hmm. like, it's like oh, there's really, there's really sucky parts all around here yeah, still. <laughs> exactly, but uh, it's it's a neat it's a neat meditation on those kinds of ideas, and um, I highly recommend it. Um, if you are into kind of like um that old L.A. Hollywood, um, there's kind of like this romance and glamour, but then everybody realizes too that like beneath the surface back then, like there was a lot of shady things going on too. Right. And I think people are kind of like tapped into that mentality. I know 
uh, La La Land is making a huge splash right now. Yeah, that's so, got a lot of press. Yeah, so if you saw La La Land, that's a musical about um, L.A. and like that same like big Hollywood time period. I think the tone of this is going to be a little bit different. Yeah, but sounds... the setting is very similar. So if you like that kind of or L.A. Confidential, yeah, La La Land's more like upbeat and optimistic. Yeah, this right? is definitely not. This is noir. This yeah, it's is noir. Your... So it's yeah, but it's got glimmers of hope, glimmers of uh, like humanity, and what? that's kind of what like yeah, like the main character is like the person that you sort of see like. Is he going to retain his... Uh... Yeah. Well, that's how that's how you make everything deep, deeper and darker. Is you have one sparkling outlook, and then you see that, and you can see every all the darkness from those shadows. <laughs> exactly. So you can... Yeah, you, it's like the contrast that creates that kind of um, mentality. But... Um, so how how much have they produced of that? Is it all out right now? It's I would say it's probably about 90% done. Okay. So if you caught up now, you might have to wait a week or two for the finale. Oh, okay. So um I would but yeah, I think you can you can at least uh dig your claws into it. And it's also one of those things too where you can um you know, you can listen to the first couple episodes, decide if you like it. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's also, um, if you just Google A Night Called Tomorrow and how, I'm sh- I know there's at least a trailer out, and they probably will let you listen to the first episode for free. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just really well done, really excellent produced. Uh, the other thing um, that I wanted to touch on, not for quite as long. Now, this is still sci-fi, but it's in a completely different realm of science fiction. Okay. It's <laughs> so about as far as what you can go from 1950s. <laughs> um, this is something that's new on Netflix. It's not brand new. It's the second season that's out. It's called Voltron Legendary Defender. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Trey, what do you know about Voltron? I know Voltron is a bunch of robots that get together to form this giant robot called Voltron. Exactly. Well, that's that's pretty much the um the crux of it. <laughs> well, the original Voltron was out in the 1980s. It competed against shows like Transformers, Tower Rangers. Yeah, and it was um and it, I think the original Voltron was a Japanese show that was yeah. eventually brought to America, but um yeah, so you have these five robot cats mm-hmm. that can basically it's like the four limbs and a torso and then they form one giant super robot cat right named voltron who fights evildoers in outer space mm-hmm. and is um is kind of out there and insane as that plot sounds um it's really good for a, an action show for i would say probably around like six years old to maybe like up yeah it's uh, it's it sounds like classic saturday morning cartoons yeah. Like the things you want to you want to wake up on the weekends and watch for like mm-hmm. an hour or two just to feel good. Exactly. There's action. There is comedy. Um, the five, they're called paladins, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like teenage boys. Um, spoiler: one of them turns out to be a girl. But that's, a, that's in the first season, so I don't <laughs> consider that a spoiler anymore. Um, and then they kind of connect. They they discover Voltron, a part of Voltron on Earth, and then kind of get pulled into this huge like intergalactic conflict. But um, okay. there's also these, like, they're kind of like, I would call them space elves. <laughs> but uh, they're like the people that represent, like, the ancient civilization that kind of um, help discover Voltron and start using it. Oh, okay. And there's one that's, uh, and they're like kind of the comic relief. One is this guy with a big bushy mustache and a British accent. <laughs> and then there's a woman um, who's like the voice of reason. And anyway, it's really well done. Um, my wife and Kelly and I watch it together. It's definitely a show that can be enjoyed by kids and adults. That's yeah. how well done it is. That's what it sounds like. Um, so, okay. So, it originally came out when? Like, the in first the season? Came well, out okay, in the 80s. Sorry, the first season of the Netflix series came out in 2015. Okay. And so, that was kind of a remake or a oh. reboot of this 1980s series. Okay. So, imagine, like... 
like all the new like Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series that have come out in recent years. It's kind mm-hmm. of in that same vein. Oh, okay. I got it. So it's like resurrecting this old idea for a new generation. And then, of course, people like me who have vague memories of the original Voltron, like it kind of pulls us in with the nostalgia. Right. So it's that, it's that, okay. I got you now. Yeah. I, I was like, did it, so did, at first I thought it's like, all right, season one came out in the 80s. No. And then Netflix <laughs> decided to make season two in like 2016. That would be funny. <laughs> they kind of took the fuller house approach to uh, action cartoons. No, but they, yeah, they, they, um, it definitely is inspired by the original, like heavily inspired. Because um, there is one thing that I've noticed too. It's almost like, I think the animators are Korean, like the people actually okay. creating it. But I think the people making like the drawings and writing the show are American. Okay. So, um, so if you don't have any like the huge translation issues, yeah, there's no like big translation issues. There's not a lot of that Japanese cultural influence in terms of like the weird symbolism, like people's tears like shooting jets out of their eyes, okay. or, like, <laughs> drops of sweat, or like you know, it's so. It, what I would compare it to, um, it's it's what I call American anime. Okay. So, um, like, Avatar, The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon is like this. Right. It's definitely inspired by Japanese animation. The art style. Yeah, the art style. But it's made by American um, animators as far as, like, the design. And mm-hmm. then, like, Korean Koreans do the actual animation. DreamWorks is the company that makes it. Oh, okay. But okay. Um, that is on Netflix. And, of course, um, because the second season is out now, mm-hmm. you can catch up if you haven't already watched the first season. Um, all the way through to the end of the yeah. second season. so And yeah. it does not diminish in quality. So yeah. The big difference between American and Japanese anime, from what I remember, is um, Japanese anime will like reuse the same shots and hold mm-hmm. still frames and show the action going across a lot more. Mm-hmm. American uh, anime is much more like cartoons. Yeah, it's, It'll do whatever it needs to. It'll move around a whole bottle, whole lot. Yeah. It'll show action. There's sounds. no... Um, I guess, yeah, the big difference is that there's no sense of um i know like a lot of times when you read manga or see anime like especially like the dragon ball z it's kind of like um it's just produced very quickly yeah which isn't ne- necessarily to say that it's bad or like that it lacks quality no but you can definitely tell like um yeah like they, they do things that save time well if you ever look at um like a manga like actual mangas they're super yeah. cheap like they're yeah. produced really cheap and, and thin and black and white yeah, yeah and they're expected to be thrown away afterwards. exactly so but this yeah, yeah, that's very different from the American, like, style of comic books that stay around forever. Yeah, and, like, this show where it's, like, you know, they release 12 episodes. I think it's, like, 12 episodes a year. I think that's about what it okay, is. Okay, yeah. These are short episodes, so there might be around 24. But it's, like, yeah, it's, like, you know, 12 hours of programming about. Okay. Um, And then the last thing I wanted to say about that, just, like, the... It's, like, that cell animation style. There's some CGI mixed in. Mm-hmm. But it's very, like, that classic old-school feel. Um. But now that we've gone through the realm of science fiction, uh, Troy, what did you want to talk about this week? So <laughs> I promised that I wouldn't talk about games this week. Okay. Um, so I'm going in a completely different uh, direction. Uh, John, have you ever heard of the musical Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think everybody's heard of the musical Hamilton. Yeah, pretty much everybody, uh, <laughs> at least in the U.S., has heard of the musical Hamilton, whether they want to or not, over the last year. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know, in high school, I was a big musical theater buff. Mm-hmm. Buff. I was, in the, uh, I was in our shows, plays every year. And uh, I got really into musicals at that time, which meant that I also have a lot of friends on Facebook that are really into musicals. So how I keep up with like what's going on in the musical uh, theater world is via Facebook. Okay. Um, so there's two big things that have happened in Hamilton 
over the last, I'll say, month or so. Okay. Um, I think I know all, one of these things. Okay. Like, because they had to change some of the cast members up. Like, I know Lynn Manuel Miranda is doing, is like moved on to other projects, right? Right. So, well, I'll talk about that a little bit more okay. later. Um, Lynn Manuel moved on, but that was back in like July. Okay. So that's old news. That's kind of old <laughs> news at this point. The big news is, um, if you didn't know, it's uh, Hamilton's been on Broadway for the last about year, two years, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then within the last half a year, year, um, a new production has started in Chicago. Oh, cool. So if you wanted to see Hamilton, you could go to either Broadway or Chicago, assuming you had thousands of dollars to buy tickets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's impossible to get tickets. But um, the big news is recently in like mid to early January, Wayne Brady was just cast oh. as um, Aaron Burr in oh, the man. Chicago that's production. That's such a that's such a good casting call. And um, I'll re- remind people who Wayne Brady is if you haven't. He was um, really big on whose line is it anyway? Right, because that would have been like late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And he also appeared on Chappelle Show, I think, a couple times. But just a very good um, black improv comedian, great right. musical talent. He used to sing on, um, his line is in any way, like would just belt out these improv teams. Definitely has a voice. Right. But it's kind of faded from the public eye. Not yeah, Just cause like, I guess he never got, they never gave him any other chances really. I mean, yeah. Like, the last thing he was on was like, let's make a deal or something okay. like that or some singing show. Yeah. He hasn't been in a whole lot lately, but what you're striking on is the exact controversy that's going yeah, on right. with this <laughs> because everybody in the musical theater community is like, why did this, like essentially TV show star get mm. this premiere role in one of the best musical, like the highest grossing musicals yeah. in the US. That that it seems very suspicious that like he should just come out of nowhere and okay. get this spot. So they people think that there was like some sort of deal behind the scenes to get him this role. So people are wondering it's like maybe he got it because he's famous. They're trying to get yeah. more publicity for Hamilton, because you know, mm-hmm. any more publicity you can get is great. Um and like the the worry is, can he hold this role that's supposed to be this very dramatic, like, very yeah. sorrowful character? Um, very so- Not sorrowful, but somber and mm. serious character. And if you've ever seen Wayne Brady on yeah. Whose Line Is Anyway, it's just <laughs> not the, the uh, persona he gives yeah. off. Well, I think, I think um, that is a good point. Because on the show, on Whose Line Is It Anyway, he's just completely um, ebullient and, like, happy and upbeat. Yes. And, um, but, like... He had great comedic timing and he had a great voice. One thing I would caution people against when it comes to artists and like, I know speaking as an artist myself, it's like you don't want to feel limited by mm-hmm. what others perceive that you're good at. And also like you, it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because on one hand um, it's hard for people to accept you in things that are kind of like outside your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, if you never push those boundaries, people will pigeonhole you and say that's like the only thing you're good at. Right. It's like so Wayne it's, Brady was only ever good in whose lines. Yeah. Anyway. But so it's like, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's do or die time for Wayne Brady. But as good as he was in that show, like I can't imagine he's going to disappoint us. Like I think, like, yeah. you know, like give him give him a couple of weeks to break in on the role, like get broken in. Like I'm sure there might be like the first night or two, like where mm-hmm. it might be a little rough around the edges, but I don't know. I, the other thing I could see too, is like the perspective that maybe they could have spotlighted somebody who's not as well known mm-hmm. and kind of launched them up. So, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if he nailed the audition and he nailed, you know, so like, that's, <laughs> so yeah. So you bring up a, a couple points. Um, First of all, like he he has said in his tweets on um, in social media all over the place, it's like I auditioned just like everyone else did. 
I didn't get any special treatment. Um, don't think that, you know, I got this role because of who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I got it because I, I do have some experience. You know, I've, I've done different productions and uh, been in different roles, so I have experience, but it's not because I am Wayne Brady that I got this role. Yeah. Um, at the same time, it's it's a lot of people going, yeah, why should he get this role? <laughs> like, he's done a lot already. Mm -hmm. He's like... It, it's it's the big controversy of is he getting this because of because of his name yeah well, so. i think i mean I, from what i can tell from people that are into theater and especially like it seems like when a show first is breaking out mm -hmm. like hamilton it's kind of hard for people to imagine now but like hamilton had a very good chance of like being something that would run for a couple months maybe like people that were heavy into it mm -hmm. might know about it but it, most likely would have fallen by the wayside and it just would have been like one among heaps of shows so like that's right. why you don't have the big star power mm -hmm. but when a shows are on these second runs and or like they're going to different cities the people putting up the money they want to make sure that like you know people are going to keep coming right the um and a lot of time that means like yeah there's going to be a little star power like um mm -hmm. when kelly and i so speaking of chicago um the city kelly and i saw chicago the musical in louisville great musical yeah and um richard gear was uh i think yeah he came on tour i think with oh, me too okay. so i think he was the only one from the film but it's like yeah it's like yeah people like richard gear will get people in the seats mm -hmm. you know he's like proven it's like yeah i'm sure there was some less well-known guy who could have done that role really well mm -hmm. but um you know it's like i don't know from my perspective at least good for Wayne Brady yeah. and good for hamilton i'm glad more people can get to see it too yeah um and the big thing is is like a lot of people are going is he going to be good enough to carry the role of burr I'm of the opinion, let's give him a shot. Let's see how he does. Yeah. Um, there's already been, they've already started making like news stories because apparently, I believe it was on January 17th, mm -hmm. um, he was in the middle, they were in the middle of like the show and then the first 15 minutes he ended up getting, sp spraining his knee Ouch. And, having to go, and having to go off stage because he couldn't like say his lines. Yeah. And a lot of people were immediately flocking to social media saying it's like, oh, he flubbed a line, so they pulled him. Yeah, but and, it was really like an injury that he had. And... Yeah, and then he, he came on social media later and was like, no, I'm at the hospital. Yeah. Like, this is what it was. Yeah. I'll be back for the show tonight, like, yeah. all this stuff. Well, that's but kind was... of, like, too, it's like, that would be like going to see the Lakers and being upset because, like, Kobe pulls, like, sprains an ankle in, like, the first quarter. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's a physical demanding job. And, uh -huh. You know, and that's why they have a... Yeah, they described it. He's like, he's, he... Got, he said he was injured jumping down from steps during the short yeah. Skylar Sisters song. So do you know? So like speaking of the Skylar Sisters, um, like the the women in Hamilton and like the roles they wrote for the women, I think mm -hmm. they're incredible. Do you? Is there any other like that you know of big star powers like on the women's side, or is it... um not in? So there's not any big names in um the Chicago or the um New York productions. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, and not only is there not a big name in either of those, all of the original cast mm -hmm. has left. Yeah. There's like two people from the original cast that are still around. Yeah, well, they would have to have such insane endurance. And yeah, sure I was I was trying to get it down. So Lin-Manuel, who was Hamilton, mm -hmm. he left back in July, along with Leslie Odom, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who mm -hmm. was Burr, and uh, Philippa Sue, who was Eliza. They all left back in July. Uh, Jonathan Groff was mm -hmm. playing King George. He left way before that. Um, Renee Gold, uh, Goldsberry was Angelica. She left, I think, also in July or June, mm -hmm. middle of the summer. 
So like all these people have left to be Diggs, Christopher Jackson, Anthony Ramos. They've yeah. all like they've all left. All of the original cast is gone. <laughs> so if you wanted to, and yeah. this is just this is just something that happens with musicals. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's like, yeah, you have to let people move on to other projects. You have to let people rest, and you also, I think, too, it's like to promote and help grow new talent. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like let people slide into these really good roles that aren't, um, I guess, worn out yet. <laughs> right, because a bunch of these, a bunch of these, like these actors that left, the people that picked up the roles before them were their understudies. They just yeah. slid, they just slid them up. It's oh, like that's you, awesome. Yeah, that's you know the, good... you know the part, so go ahead, you can cover it. I think that's really good that they rewarded them like that because yeah, that would have been a very bitter pill to swallow if you're the understudy and then the lead goes on and then like you are understudy for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like learning this. <laughs> Why am I here? But um well that's really neat. I, I would highly recommend I know probably a lot of people listening to this have already um listened to Hamilton, but if you haven't and you would like to experience that original cast in one form or the other, um get the album. It is mm-hmm. well worth it. It is good um not only to listen to on the first time, it's also good with repeated listenings. And um if you're not already a fan of hip hop I feel like it's a really good way to break into that as a genre, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, yeah, people might not necessarily want to listen to Dr. J's chronic about, you know, um, yeah, uh, questionable uh, morality towards women. <laughs> trying to be like really <laughs> delicate here, like <laughs> drug use and trafficking, but you know, like American history, that seems to be something that people can really, yeah, um, get yeah. around. Yeah, and and it's good too because it's like it's a very inspirational story, mm-hmm. and I know like in these tumultuous political times, like it can help people hear a story of, um, you know, people like really struggling for what they believe in and doing whatever it takes, and like yeah, like you learn at the cost of that, but it's it's a really really well done, and I hope yeah, and um, I think I hope that I mean it's hard to kind of predict how we'll look back 20 or 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. But I predict that um, Hamilton's just going to be a part of like the American musical canon forever. Like the way people look at like the Wizard of Oz or the Sound of Music or Mm -hmm. it'll fit in with the Wiz and all the other big shows. Phantom of the the Opera, Mm -hmm. um, like any, any limits or like all those big shows. It'll fit in with those uh, just fine. Uh, The other line, the other thing that I wrote down, the other big point of news I was going to mention is um, this one's much less relevant, but James Monroe Iglehart, Okay. Uh, is taking the part of Lafayette and Jefferson and Broadway. Okay. And you've probably never heard of his name. He is the, he was the genie in the original production of Aladdin oh, cool. on Broadway, which came <laughs> back, came out in like 2013, 2014. Yeah. Uh, he actually won Tony Award for that role. And if you want to hear some of uh, Iglehart's work, listen to You've Got a Friend Like Me from the Broadway production. Okay. He's hilarious. That's really neat. Okay, because I've only heard I'm probably like most people, if, um, you know, know Robin Williams as the genie, mm-hmm. but it's neat. Like, yeah, because like The Lion King and Aladdin and like all these adaptations, like I never got to see one, but I bet they're really. Oh, they're amazing. They're very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They e- they each take their own atmosphere and understand like where they're yeah. coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the genie is, is Robin Williams is like, I don't think you could really replicate that just because he's so manic and like, oh, yeah, there's only can. one Robin Williams. So it's like, right. you could be a second rate Robin Williams or you can make the role of your own. Which he does. <laughs> he cool. is this, he's this big flamboyant um, black guy that oh, just, cool. that just owns the stage and it's amazing. That's really neat. Um, well, Lafayette will be good too because there's that faux French accent and like yeah. trying to rap in a faux French accent, I imagine as a challenge that like you need to have some chops to pull off. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he, how he pulls that off. If he's able to get that, because yeah, a lot, they've said it a lot, Lafayette has some of the hardest raps in the show yeah. and I haven't seen him do 
because uh, I don't think Iveheart does any raps yeah. in um, Aladdin, but I mean, he, I'm sure he has experience and they're working with him and he'll be fine and he'll be great. Exactly. But yeah, no, I just thought that was really interesting that like this really big star, because he was, um, if you were paying attention to the, uh, the Tonys at all, he's pretty much the reason that Aladdin got anywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, in my opinion, the rest of the Aladdin cast was very forgettable. Okay. Um, Aladdin himself, Jasmine, and all. I mean, in their defense, a lot of the characters from the movie are forgettable. Yeah. They're generic. Exactly. You know. I would say that Genie is definitely the most unique um, character. It has like the most interesting lines, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's really really funny. Mm-hmm. And because uh, because cool. in the so in the movies, like if you think about the Genie. He's really fun because he can change sizes mm-hmm. and he can move around a whole bunch. So if you they need to make him this big intimidating presence, well they can make him really big and intimidating yeah. in the movie. They need to make him tiny and like uh, yeah. scared of everything. They can make him tiny. Can't really do yeah, that on a stage. Stage, <laughs> stage you got to use your acting and your yeah your voice and your presence. And, mm-hmm. and, and I get I'm I'm excited to uh, to hear like how that's received and hopefully like I don't know if um anything will get leaked on youtube or like their promotional material mm-hmm. but it would be cool to kind of like do a google search and see like i bet there's at least like rehearsal video or something to like promote the oh, productions of, yeah of these like new people performing the roles mm-hmm. um you can probably find a production well the other so honestly one of the best ways that or one of the only ways you'll see these people for um in their roles is like the handy cams people have uh from this <laughs> from the theater there's just not a whole lot of production that goes into musical theater because it's so expensive and the yeah people everything else is so expensive it. anyway yeah i can understand that well um if you guys are want more hamilton because i've been being hamilton nerd as troy is um mm-hmm. lin-manuel miranda has been interviewed on a fresh air with terry gross that was a really well done interview mm-hmm. he's also been interviewed on a uh, mark Marin's podcast wtf recently okay so um if you guys uh you know, I know I, we appreciate you listening to some amateurs like us, but if you want to hear the real professionals, yeah, you can get the A-list celebrities. Um, those are both great episodes uh, to check out and get into. Um, and as we wind down this episode, um, I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to danosongs.com. Yep. Uh, they let us use their uh, royalty-free music for their intros and outros. If you guys need music for your projects, uh, you can go to danosongs.com and check them out. Uh, if you'd like to support um, American Fantastic and the Hit Square podcast, you can do that be- by becoming a member of American Fantastic on Patreon. Um, help keep your earbuds warm and cozy with our love and gratitude. And like the sign says, anything helps if you guys would like to chip in. Um, you can also like us on Facebook, uh, share American Fantastic with your friends, tell uh, people all about us. Um, that's the best way for people to spread the word and for more people uh, to get involved with our little community here. Um, and I should say that the winter update for 2017 has been posted Woo! on AmericanFantastic.com. Um, there's some cool photography by my little brother, my, one of my other little brothers, uh, Caleb Beecham. There's some cool photography by Mike Mays, who does really neat um, work here in Louisville. There's some illustrations by my friend Dorji, who helped me create the site. And I have uh, part one of a two-part, It's I would say it's more of a novella than a short story anymore, uh, but it's called That Stone Could Crack. So if you guys want to check that out, um, AmericanFantastic.com. And because of Little Gaia, um, <laughs> we're going to try to keep coming out with uh, podcasts every week and content on a regular basis. 
But the best way to keep up with us um, between those updates is by liking us on Facebook. Troy, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, I think I'm good. I think you covered everything. Uh, I would recommend check out a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. It's a great series. We'll try and talk about it next week. Yes. I wanted to talk about it this week, but... Yeah, thanks. we should write that down for next week. And um, yeah, that would be great. A series of unfortunate events. And of course, like the books are out there as well. But yeah, if you just yeah. want something on Netflix to check out. That's your homework for next week That's... if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Hit Squared. And we will catch you next time. Toodles. Toodles.